beware simply means to be careful. It means to be cautious. It means to watch out. So the theme is saying, be careful, be cautious of declining love. Beware is not an indictment or an accusation. It is more casual. We must be cautious of declining love and life and also with God. When we think about love in a marriage relationship and love for God, they must be nurtured. Yeah. Love must be nurtured. It must be cultivated. It must be cherished or it will begin to fade. It will begin to decline. In order for love to be fervent, passionate, and enthusiastic, there must be discipline and consistency. Yes, those are two important words. If our love is to be fervent, it must be disciplined. It must be consistent. In marriage, there are checkpoints. When you hear expressions from the other person like, you know, you don't look at me the way you used to do. There was once a sparkle in your eyes that radiated and pulled on the strings of my heart. Your embrace is not what it used to be. My heart does not seem to flutter at your presence. These are signs of declining love. And let me tell you something, it is noticeable because it's something about fervent love that keeps you going, keeps you motivated. It keeps you to the point where you're looking for that person. When they go, you're glad to see them return, even if it's just for a short period of time. Go to the store, go shopping, whatever, but you're always glad to see them return. Yes, that fervent love, that love that even during the day, that person crosses your mind and you think on them because of the joy that they bring, because of the unity that's in the relationship. Yes, beware of declining love. So let me say this, just as man and woman recognizes declining love, God also recognizes when our love for him begins to decline. You know what, there is nothing more devastating than to recognize that your love is not being returned. It's devastating to a man. It's devastating to a woman. 
And uh, because God does everything for us, he's responsible for everything, I cannot fathom how God must feel when he has done everything. He has blessed us day by day. He has protected us. He has provided for us. And when he can say that, you know what? Your first, you've left your first love. Your love is declining. So without fail, God has given us everything that we have. There is never a good reason for our love to decline towards God. I just want to know if you are listening to me today. Are you listening? Do you hear what I'm saying? As you listen today, I want you to think on yourself. I want you to think about your relationship with God. I want to think about what you're doing. Think about when you first met him. Think about the joy, the peace, the contentment that you had when you first met him. How do you compare that with today? Think about it. How do you compare it? What do you think God is saying about your relationship with him or your love with him? Beware. Be cautious of declining love. There is a scripture that I want to share to you uh, that shows the condition of Israel in a time past. It's found in the book of Hosea, chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. Listen at this. Israel is an empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit unto himself. According to the multitude of his fruit, he had increased the altars. According to the goodness of his land, they have made goodly images. Verse 2 says, Their heart is divided. Is that you? Now shall they be found guilty? A found Faulted, he shall break down their altars, he shall spoil their images. Let me tell you something a vine is only valuable if it's bringing forth fruit. St. John 15 says, If it doesn't bear fruit, then it is removed. God wants us to be fruitful. But Israel, the Bible says, brought no fruit, no fruit to perfection. What kind of fruit are you bearing today? Think about it. They abused the blessings of God for their own purposes. Many times today we will say, God, bless me. Bless me with this. Bless me with that. 
I need this. I need that. And God will honor your request. And God will bless you. And if we're not careful, we will turn on him. And we will use those blessings on ourselves. And forget about it was God who blessed us. When we cried out to him at a point of need. And he responded. Then our concerns become our own. What can I do for me? How can I bless me? How can I shine? How can I be productive in life? Not how can I honor God with what he has given me? Think about it. How are you honoring God with your life? How are you honoring God with the resources that he has blessed you? Does God get his return and worship and praise for you? Does he pull at your heartstrings? Do you think about him through the day when you're occupied? with your work or with other things? Does he flash on your mind and, and, and do you just begin to think about all of the good things that he's done and you can say hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you for your blessing. Is that you? Or do we go through the day and never think about him? Never say God, you've been so good to me. You blessed me through the night when I had pains in my body and I called unto you. <laughs> you came to see about me. The Bible say their hearts were divided because they were trying to serve God and mammon. That's impossible. God sees you can't have two masters. You're gonna love one and hate the other, or you're gonna cling to one and depart from the other. And many times it is the one that you depart from who loves you the most, the one who has blessed you. The Bible say their hearts were divided. We must remember that God is sovereign. <laughs> that he knows everything. That he understands all things. And God has said, I will have all of you. <laughs> or I will have none of you. I will not share you. I'm a jealous God. Oh, we have jealous men and women today. There have been those that have lost their lives because of a jealous lover. I will not stand by and watch you play games with another when you belong to me. 
God says, I will have all of you. Oh, I will have none of you. In the stream of their heart, were holy after God, worth it. They would have torn down the altars and destroyed the images if it had only been God in their life. They would have removed those things that hinder. Oh, yes, we're aware that when one gets married, you must forsake the close acquaintances that you had if it's going to interfere with your relationship. You've got to make sure that your affections are on the one that you have said, I want you to be the mate of my life for as long as I live. Let me tell you something, God wants to be that same way. When you come to him and say, Father, forgive me of all of my sins. I turn from my ways. I want you and you only. God expects for you to live up to your commitment. Oh, yes, it does. God expects a discipline of life. God expects consistency in our love for him. So when we fail to honor God, when they fail to honor God, God found them guilty and the things that they should have discarded of, God came in and tore down their altars. God came in and destroyed their images. Even today, God will in his timing. It's all about his timing. He will perform the necessary discipline in order to get our attention. God will all not always dwell or give in to the things that we do when he knows that he deserves our love. So in order for us not to become as Israel was, we must be aware of declining love. Oh yeah, love that's fading away. Yes, it is noticeable. We notice it in others when things are not the way they've always been. But we must serve notice even in the lesson today, God didn't say this was an indictment. He says you have left. And then he says, remember from whence ye are fallen, return and repent. So in the scriptures today, the Apostle John was instructed to write to the seven churches of Asia. Let me read it once again. Revelation 2 and 1. 
unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, he says, write this letter. These things said he that holdeth the seven stars in his hand, who walk in the midst of a golden candlestick. He that has called us to righteousness. He that has called us to holiness. He that is excellent in all of his ways. God is concerned about your relationship. Listen to what he says to the church. I know thy works. I know thy labor. I know thy patience and how thou canst not bear them that are evil. I see, I know, I know that you're working. I know that there is a love there. Thou hast tried them, so you have not sat idle. You've tried them that say that they are apostle. You've tried them that say that they love me and are not. You found them liars because there were words and there was not action. They were concerned as Israel was about themselves and how they could be elevated, how they could be influential but they were not concerned about the work of the ministry. So you found them as liars. He says, and you're born, you've held them up. You've had patience, you've stayed in there. And for my name's sake, you've labored. And you know what? You have not fainted. You have not thrown in the towel. You have not given up. No. God commended them for all the good that they had done. And even today, I want you to know that God commends you. God knows and God recognizes the good things that you are doing even now. So it's not a point of indictment or accusation. He says, I see what you're doing. I also see the deficiencies. There is a way out. He has a record of all that we do. Nothing gets by him. Man has discovered uh, computers and storage channels to, to back up and put all of these, but God has always had an unlimited storage capacity. Just the other day, I received a notice that says your iCloud storage is filled and you can store no more data. You need to either delete something or you need to even buy some more. Let me tell you something 
God is not waiting to condemn us. There are many reasons why we could be condemned, but we have to remember that God loves us. The Bible says that while we were sinners, God loved us and that he loved us with an everlasting love and with loving kindness have I drawn you. God did the drawing. We didn't come to God because we wanted him so much. God drew us to him simply because he loves us. So God wasn't waiting to condemn them. God simply wanted to deal with a deficiency. God simply wants to, wanted to deal with a problem. So even now, God wants to deal with a problem in your life. Commends you for the good. But he deals with the problem. Unlike man, many times man will dump everything. Everybody is wrong. All of you, all of you, God does not do that because God knows exactly who does what and who does not. He knows. He does not get us mixed up. No. He does not get us mixed up. Think about it. If your car has a flat, a flat tire, you don't go and sell the car. You fix the flat tire and move on. Yes. When God said you left your first love, he gave them a way out. Remember, 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 go back, check yourself and repent. God is long suffering. God is patient. Hebrew 6 and 10 says, for God is not unrighteous. No, to forget your work and labor of love. No, no. He never forgets. He never makes a mistake, which you have shown toward his name. God knows what you're doing. He knows what you have done and that you have ministered to the saints and that you do minister. God sees your visit. God sees your prayers for the righteous and for the unrighteous. God sees your visit to the hospital. God hears when you call and you encourage one another. God sees it all. He has perfect records. So God, to the church of Ephesus, he took in consideration every good thing that they had done and he commended them for the good. He commended them for the good. But in Revelations 2 and 4, God says, nevertheless, however, 
still yet nevertheless i have somewhat against thee <laughs> i have somewhat against thee god speaks today and commends us for the good but he says i've got something against you not because you haven't loved others not because you haven't loved the ministry not because perhaps you haven't read your bible at all i know when you've read it i know when you've ministered says but you left you left your first love you need to deal with it I need to deal with you about this one thing. The other 11 things that I commended you on, they are good, they are in order, they are intact. You have done well with them. But this one thing is very important. It's important to God today that our love, our adoration, our worship for him remain intact and that nothing or no one should get in the way or should cause our love for him to fade away. It's important to God. It was important to him with the church of Ephesus. It's important to him today for you and me. If it's written in the word, then it is important. It is important. No questions asked. Who is it that can question God to say that it's not like you said it? I'm remembering Job, who in his affliction made statements to question God. And God called him to it. He said, where were you, Job? When I laid the foundation, where were you? Where were you? when you couldn't do for yourself or when you couldn't help yourself where i was there as the song sang i was there all the time i never left you i never forsook you God says, you left your first love. You left the strong and the passionate affections for God. <laughs> the sacred things which first brought you to the knowledge of the truth 
God says you have left it. There has to be more than an appearance of love. We recognize when there is only an appearance and we recognize the good thing. But God knows our heart. He monitors our thoughts. <laughs> Job 21, 27, excuse me. Behold, I know your thoughts and the devices which you have wrongly imagined against me. God knows. The Lord knows the thoughts of man, Psalms 94 and 11, that they are vanity. God knows. God knows. Now, what's interesting here? God says, Thou hast left thy first love. He didn't say you're just taking a break and that you will return in a few minutes. He didn't say you're on a vacation for a week or two. And you come back. God says you left. You went away. You vacated me. You left your first love. You've got love for other things. But there is no love for me. Where there is smoke. There is fire somewhere. Oh, yeah. He says you left. There is no trace of fire. Of all the things that you love and are doing, God say, I'm your first love. I'm the one who brought you out of the muck and the mire. I'm your protection. I'm your provider. I'm the one who has been with you through the thick, through the thin. But even though God said they had left their first love, God did not shut the door on them. No. He simply said, I have something, someone against you. Remember, remember therefore whence thou art fallen and repent. Repent. Look where you've been. Take a check on yourself. What are you doing? Says, do your first works over. Else I will come quickly and remove the candlestick. You know what? Remembrance is a good thing. I want to challenge you. Let your mind go back to the time when you first received God. 
<laughs> Remember the excitement in your spirit. Remember the joy that salvation brought into your life. Remember how you would remember his love throughout the day. And your heart would be glad. You'd be rejoicing, thinking about his goodness. We have this expression, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. What are you thankful for today? God said, remember, repent. Ask the Lord to forgive you for leaving him. Ask God forgive you for your deficiencies, for the things that you could have done and just loving him and worshiping him and not forgetting him. Go back. God is waiting for us to come back. Yes. Hey, we all remember and we recite it about David who left God, oh yeah. David being king took advantage of privileges <laughs> that he did not deserve. Even being king and could command, he did command. But guess what? God was watching, God was saying, but you stepped out of order. The king that I anointed, the king that I put there, you stepped out of order. You took privileges that you did not deserve. And when the prophet Nathan came to David with a story and indicated, you are the one. as recorded in Psalms 51. You're familiar with it? David says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude, the many tender mercies. He said, blot out my transgression. I remember what I did, I remember when I did it. I knew within my heart that it was wrong. Wash me truly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. <laughs> For I acknowledge, I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Yes. It's been there all along. I've been convicted all along that what I did was wrong. Even before the prophet came to me, I knew it was wrong. David says against thee, thee, O Lord, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. 
even though I didn't see you, you saw me. And what I did, it was in your sight, oh God. David said in verse five, behold, behold, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward part. Even today, let me serve notice on all of us. God desireth truth in the inward part. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. What to do and how to do, how to love God, how to respect God, how to love man, how to respect man. That wisdom comes from God. So David said, purge me. Purge me with hyssop. And I shall be clean. Wash me. Wash me. And I shall be whiter than snow. Create, create. Create, Father, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And, O God, take not your Holy Spirit from me. And in verse 12, David said, Restore. Uh, here I am, I acknowledge it, I, I confess it, I, I, I want to be restored, uh, this, this load that I'm under is heavy, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit, restore, God is waiting to restore us of the Efficiencies. Remember, this is not an indictment. This is not an accusation. I don't want you to walk away with the wrong thing. God says, I have something. You've done many good, good things, great things, and I commend you for it. But for me, Psalms 24 said, the earth is the Lord. And the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. It all, even you, belong to me. So there will be deficiency. But don't let it be for me. I'm the one who really loves you. I'm reminded of a song that we sang. It says, take me back. How many of you remember? Take me back to the place where I first received you. God wants us to remain in that holy place. God wants us to have fervent love towards him. He does not want it to fade away. God inhabits the Bible, say, thank you, Holy Ghost. God inhabits the praises of his people. He lives in them. He expects it. Just like we eat daily to nourish our bodies. We need to worship God 
and, and nourish our relationship with him. God will forgive us and he will restore us if we genuinely repent. Jesus died for that purpose. And he says to us, even today, come, come back. Remember, be aware, be aware of the deficiency. I will send my word to alert you. I will send your word to cause remembrance, to let you know where you've fallen short. Yes. Beware of declining love. I want to leave with you today some questions, or maybe some thought provoking questions to think about. I want you to think about the word today. It's, it's, it's for now. Be cautious. During this time of COVID-19, when many have been away and are away from our places of worship, and there is social distancing in place, you can begin to recognize the strength and unity in fellowship. You remember the times when you came in and you greeted one another, you fellowship with one another. <coughs> you embraced one another. And we took it for granted. Yes, we took it for granted. But now we realize and we miss it. But you know what? Even during those times, we should have continued to nurture our relationship with God. We don't wait till we get to the house of God to worship him. Worship should be done daily. Praise should be done daily. You see, the Bible says in John 4 and 24 that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Let me tell you something. You can have a fervent. You can have, you can be spirit, spiritual. You can have, be passionate even at home, wherever you are. Because it's done in spirit and in truth. You're inspected, you are expected, you are expected. We are expected by God to maintain discipline and consistency in our personal worship with God, in praying and reading the word and meditating and singing. And let me tell you something, and just spending some time. You know, sometimes relatives or friends, when you haven't seen in a long time, it gives you joy just to sit in their presence and look at them and think about it. Let me tell you something, it gives God pleasure when we can come and sit at his feet and 
Think about the goodness. Think about the kindness. Think about the love. Think about where he has brought you from. God takes pleasure. When love is shown, love is an action word. It's not just spoken. Words have a tendency to evaporate. But the actions, by this the Bible says, all men shall know that ye are my disciples. Because of your love for the brethren. And your love for the brethren stems from the love that God had shed abroad in your heart. Love comes from the inside. We don't see the inside. But God sees the inside. God sees us. So some questions I want you to think about. What are you doing to maintain your fervent spirit with God during this period of distance? What are you doing? Love is an action word. What are you doing to maintain your fervent spirit with God? Do you know what to do? How do you express your passion for God when you can't come to the house of God? Yeah, the Bible says, forsaking not to assemble yourself. But what about, what about a time like this when, when, when you cannot, because of safety, assemble yourselves, how do you express your passion for God? Or better still, are you expressing your passion for God? What would God say that you are doing to express your passion for him? What efforts are you making to communicate with others, with the body of Christ? to encourage them to build up one another. We've had cell phones all the time. We've been able to text many times. Are you maintaining two-way communication with God? <laughs> Is it just a microwave prayer? It says, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, and not allow God to speak to you, not allowing God to say, you know, you need to, you need to come up, you need to do this. Is there two-way communication? It should be. This is intended to be a message of encouragement today. Encouraging us to tighten up our spiritual belts. Encourage us in this time. We don't have to have a declining love for God. If at all, if anything, it ought to be more fervent because we don't have the hustle and bustle. 
We don't have the distractions around people. We spend time home, even at home, with those that are working at home. Your employer expects a discipline and a consistency. Yes, you cannot do what you want to do. You punch in on the clock. They expect for you to be there. They have a way of monitoring your work, what you're doing. Let me serve notice on you. God monitors what we're doing. God monitors our thoughts. God monitors our desires for him. God